This is Amanda. And this is Rachel. And this is Vocal Perspective. Welcome to another edition of Vocal Perspective. And on today's episode, we are so thrilled to welcome Leslie Kikueva from Pitches Be Crazy. She's one of the co-founders of the group. Um, and welcome, Leslie. So h- how are you? I am fabulous. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Just really excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. I always love to start with your background in acapella and sort of how you got introduced to it and how Pitches Be Crazy got started. And this is going to be a good one, y'all. This is very different than the normal story. <laughs> yeah, I have absolutely no experience in acapella until we started Pitches Be Crazy in 2013. So we went to my good friend, Monterio Hill, who is now part of Ball in the House. He was not with a group at the time. And he said, hey, there's this big acapella festival and I'm going to go. You guys want to go with me? And we're like, well, we've seen acapella on the sing-off on TV, so, and it looks really cool. Let's go. So we went to Sing Strong in uh, Virginia here, and we were completely blown away. We just thought it was the most amazing thing we'd ever seen in our lives. And we didn't do anything for a year, and the next year, Monterio said, hey, let's go back. I'm going to, this year, you guys can sing with the single singers with me. So we signed up for single singers, never having sang a note of acapella before in our lives, and we we had an absolute blast. And after that, Z and I said, huh, I wonder if we could do this. We have no musical experience. We don't read music. We have no idea what we're doing. Yeah, let's give it a go. This sounds like a great idea. <laughs> That's awesome. So we formed in 2013 with a bunch of friends that we did musical theater with. And uh, Z and I had a, a pretty good idea of what we wanted PBC to be. We we wanted to do 70s to 90 R&B, hip hop, old school funk type stuff. And we were with a bunch of musical theater people who wanted to do stuff like here comes the sun do do do. <laughs> so needless to say that quickly imploded. <laughs> then we put out Craigslist ads and and stuff like that and we formed the first version, version 1 of PBC. Wow. What was the most difficult part of starting the group? Well, finding people is definitely tough and as everybody knows basses and percussion are like crazy hard. Z as a child used to beatbox around the house, so he decided he was going to give that a go. Our bass, Chris, is not a bass. He's a baritone, so we use an effects pedal to turn it into a bass. So actually putting together a group is probably the hardest part, and especially when you have, there were originally five of us, and that's tough. It's like herding cats, you know, trying to work schedules and everything. And then I am completely harmless challenge, so I have to work 10 times as hard as anyone else because it does not come natural for me. But it's been a crazy ride. I have never enjoyed anything like I've enjoyed this. It's just amazingly fun. We've met some amazing people like you and Amanda, and you know, it's just been a great ride up to this point. So I have a funny little side story about the fact that you were five and still still are Five? Well, yes. Five, six? (laughs) Well, yes, we're five looking. Well, we were five, then we were six, and now we're five again looking for another six. We're actually looking for a tenor or a soprano to come join us. So interested parties, please apply. Absolutely. (laughs) But a funny story about that is, so I live geographically fairly close to the members of Pitches Be Crazy, and I was (laughs) out running with my running group, and I randomly was chatting with somebody, and I was like, oh, yeah. 
you know, I host this acapella thing. And she's like, do you know Pitches Be Crazy? And I was like, yeah, I know Pitches Be Crazy. She's like, I'm six. And so she, so six was in my running group. So, six. so she, yeah. So she called yes. her, you know, she was like, yeah, just tell them we six is high. Yeah. So funny side story. That is hilarious. Well, that came about because we, we had always wanted to put a sixth in because it allows for, you've got your perk, your bass, and you've got, you know, a, a good three part harmony. And then you've got an extra person to do leads. So we used to call it the cursed sixth. <laughs> because we we would get a six person in and they wouldn't work out and it was just a beating. So we finally said we are five and then we accidentally stumbled upon a sixth. So, and uh, yeah. There it is. <laughs> so in the, I guess, seven years that PBC has been around, what do you feel like has been uh, one of the biggest changes that you've seen in the group? Just, I guess, the progression of, of what we do and how we do it. I mean, we're learning all the time. And it's funny because we really don't consider ourselves a cappella. We are, but we, we're more like a vocal band and we're more like a garage band, you know? It's like we all get our instruments together, which are our voices, and we bang around and see if we can come up with something that sounds halfway decent. We have no delusions of grandeur. Our point is just to put smile on the faces of our crowds. And if we can do that, then... And, you know, life is good. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys always downplay, you know, you were just a garage band. However, for those people who have not seen you live, I have to say that you put on one of the most visually appealing shows I've seen. Your connection with the audience and the thought that goes into the presentation is by far well above what we see in a normal acapella show. Could you maybe walk us through a little bit of what goes into that and what your your goal is? Yes. First of all, I got to say, Amanda, I have so much respect for you and what you do in acapella. That is a huge compliment. Thank you so oh, well, much for that. It is well deserved. <laughs> <laughs> we know we will never be the most vocally competent people out there, but we going to give you a show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're okay with that. But yeah, I mean, we focus a lot on the show because of the fact we're not acapella, we're not trained in acapella, we don't read music. We don't read music. Jimmy, our arranger, who has never done acapella before, he's like an anomaly. This dude is so good at what he does and it's just natural. It comes natural to him. So what he does is he arranges our music, he sings all of our parts uh, multi-tracks, sends us the tracks with our part louder, and that's how we learn our music. Wow. And then we kind of put together, it's not really choreography, but we do a little bit of blocking and moving to make it visually interesting. And we kind of go from there. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's very entertaining either way. <laughs> What I love the most, because I've been to a number of PBC shows, and what I love the most is it is just so clear that you guys are having such a good time, and you're bringing the audience along with you. And I think that that's something that that sometimes groups miss, is is the joy of it and, and the showmanship of it. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. You you don't have to be the best. If you enjoy what you're doing, I mean, if you genuinely enjoy it, you're going to transmit that in everything you do and the audience is going to see it. And the best thing for us is when we get an audience that's just going nuts and having fun and, and you know, having a good time with us. And, and if you can do that, then y- you're successful. <laughs> Absolutely. 
I wonder, you mentioned before your musical theater background, and I wonder, does that help you? Does that hurt you in this endeavor? It depends on who you ask. Z says it hurts you. because <laughs> He says it hurts me because I have this uh, natural tendencies to enunciate everything I say, and you can't do that when you're <laughs> singing acapella because you get like three T's ringing out at different times. <laughs> so you... you you have to learn to to tone down that enunciation and hard T's and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but but as far as stage presence, yeah, it, absolutely, it has its benefits. That's awesome. <laughs> Coming from the experience of you and Z together, no acapella experience, what did you do to get yourselves comfortable with having a vocal band? It's not just like you walk in and you're like, okay, now it works. What are some of the things that you did? Because I think a lot of adults with no experience are like, I could never do this, but you guys did. You started from pretty much nothing and created a, a band that has now gone on for seven years. Yeah, crazy. None of us expected that to happen. <laughs> right? <laughs> we rehearsed twice a week, at least we did before this, at least, and then we would do extra rehearsals. We, we really do put a lot of work into it and, and a lot of thought into it, into the music that we do, into the demographic that we're targeting. As far as the seven years, we've been very fortunate. There is a core four of us. It's Jimmy, Chris, myself, and Z that have been with bands since the earliest, not quite V1, which was the theater group. And then V2, Chris came in. Jimmy came in with V3. And so we have been the standard core. We've had people come in and out. That's the hardest because every time you got to start over. And it's it's not like a regular band where you've got written music and you're just playing an instrument. It's There's so much to learn. And you got to have at least a 45-minute set before you can do a show. And we do shows. We do bar shows. We do I mean, we've done four-hour gigs, so wow, it's kind of interesting how our take on this. We we don't treat it as you know we're we're gonna go do a couple shows a year. We actually treat it as a band, and we so that's that's been really interesting for us. And the majority of the people that have come in have had no acapella experience either. So we're kind of all in the same boat, which makes it nice. But it also is, you know, it can be a hindrance sometimes too. Yeah. How do you juggle the demands on your time that this that this band requires of you along with the other elements of your life that you want to give time to? <laughs> well, we don't treat it as a hobby. We treat it as a second job and we take it really seriously. And it's one of those things where you get out of something what you put into it. So if you want to treat it like it's, you know, just something to do, something for fun, then this probably isn't the band for you because we don't mm -hmm. do that. We all have day jobs and then this this is just as important. It, it, you know, we have family, day jobs, and PVC. So those are our priorities and we just we make it work and we've been very fortunate thus far with the folks that we have we we all have pretty much well definitely the four of us the same level of dedication and the same level of drive yeah 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 how do you then bring on new people and inculcate feels sort of maybe uh because <laughs> it's not a cult but like i, I mean how do you um... no it is <laughs> Acapella is a cult. I mean, fair. <laughs> but, but I wonder how you bring people on. But first off, how do you decide? Because when you do hold auditions, then there are presumably people who who fit maybe more emotionally, but less vocally, and people who fit more vocally, but less emotionally, and finding that balance. It's, it's yeah. 
It's tough. I, I I totally get what you're saying. We have been through a lot of folks. You know, you can tell people what this is and what it's about and what we do, but until you actually get into it, and and a lot of times we've had people who have said, oh yeah, I want to join, but they say come in and then they figure out how much work it is and they're like, yeah, this ain't for me. Bye. So it, it's hard, <laughs> and that's that's the trouble we're facing right now. We were really fortunate. We got Wes, who is now our fifth, and he is the one person with acapella experience, and he has been wonderful for us and he's he is one that we're so fortunate he's just as crazy and dedicated as the rest of us so <laughs> once we find that high end <laughs> we'll be good to go but yeah it, it is it's really tough to um you can tell people but they until you get it you just don't get it yeah, yeah. are there questions or uh, i don't know ways that you can try and extract that out of people are there things that you've learned in your auditioning process that help you better pinpoint somebody who's capable of doing that uh huh. I thought so, but no. <laughs> mm. It's hard. Yeah, yeah it, it we is felt hard. that too, Leslie, because, you know, we has been around now 13 years right? and our last auditionee like thought it worked and then it kind of just didn't like the last person that we let in the group. And now we're like, okay, well, we'll just be six because we just don't have the patience to go find anyone else. I'm getting older. I'm getting less patient. <laughs> yep. I have less time and less energy. So yep, six because, sounds great. <laughs> like I said, you got to start over every yeah. time and it's different you know I mean you're having to adjust because it's not like there's an instrument that can you can sing under you're on an island so every time you change out a person and a voice the whole dynamic changes. so you have to get used to everything all over again so it's not just the new person who's starting over you know starting new everybody's starting new mm -hmm. and it, it is definitely challenging and it's frustrating and some days you go I'm done and then you go oh, I'm not done no. I love this <laughs> I know oh yes my inner monologue <laughs> <laughs> Get out um, of my so head. Lisa, you mentioned <laughs> you guys sing at, you know, you sing four hour gigs, longer gigs, and you sing for places like bars. And that has always been like a kind of like a holy grail for acapella groups. They don't really know what it takes to perform in venues like that. What advice would you give groups that think that that might be a venue for them? Honestly, you know, it, it's it's pretty easy to do stuff like that. There's a lot of great places locally that, you know, where Jam and Java gave us a, a great opportunities. Epicure is a great place. There are so many places that, Kautai in Southern Maryland, there are a lot of places that will, that gave us the opportunity to get our start. We also signed with a couple different management, talent management agencies, nothing exclusive, just, you know, here and there that get us gigs. And the thing is, is that you you really have to treat it as you're a band and and not an acapella group. Mm -hmm. So you want to be, you know, visually entertaining. You want to be musically entertaining. You've definitely got to connect and give and take with the audience. You know, between songs, you want to have dialogue with the audience. You want to talk to them. You want to make sure that they are involved in whatever you do. And that's kind of, it's kind of different. It's a different mindset to be able to play clubs and stuff like that than it is just to be, you know, to do like a, a spring acapella show or a fall acapella show. So, and it definitely takes stamina because when you're doing four hour shows, you get, you know, you do four 45 minute sets. Right. So it's, it's, it's interesting. And people initially, they don't know how to treat you. They don't know what to do. And you got to get them up to dance and get them to understand that, you know, you're no different from any other band. Just enjoy it and have a good time. And of course, you know, the drunker they are, the better we sound. And it just works out great. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So 
I wanted to ask a little bit about repertoire because you referenced before, you know, sort of your, your sweet spot falls in that sort of 70s, 90s jazz funk kind of like R&B kind of funk kind of sound. What does that mean for you when you decide to add new songs to your rep? What is the process like? Well, <laughs> Jimmy will tell you we make him crazy. <laughs> we, we, we'll we be sending him all kinds of different stuff. Oh, this is a great song. This is a great song. This is a great song. And we also have a YouTube list that we can all contribute to that we contribute songs for YouTube. I think we, we've kind of inundated Jimmy with stuff like that. But uh, our main demographic is, you know, 70s to 90s, R&B, hip-hop, funk. We do everything from Bobby Caldwell to Tupac to, you know, I mean, you name it, 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 it's in there. And we also like to throw some, some like Bruno Mars, some, some newer stuff in there. I think we have a Charlie Puth song. One of the things that we love to do are mashups. We rarely do one entire song from front to finish without mashing it up with other songs. That's kind of a signature of ours. So we say we pitchify stuff and and that's basically it. And we throw some songs will have like six different songs in them, maybe just a line or two from one or two of the songs, but they are definitely in there. So that's one of our big things that we try to do to keep it interesting. Yeah. Is there any songs that like you've been really dying to have pitches, the pitches do? Like is there? There's so many great songs and we try to we try to go with stuff that's known but isn't, you know, really, really done a lot in acapella. So I, I, if, if you wouldn't have asked me, I could have probably rattled off 10 songs I'm trying to get Jimmy to arrange. <laughs> but, the way. <laughs> uh, now that you asked me, I think one of the songs that I would love to do, I think it would be fun, is The Show. Uh, oh. Old school, uh, Slick Rick. Yeah. Yeah, nice. that would be that would be one I'd like to do. Very cool. So before the virus sort of stopped everybody's lives, <laughs> um, I'm sure that you guys had a bunch of stuff on the docket. And I wonder if you can talk about maybe once things calm down a little bit, what, what might be coming up next? And what sort of things do you do you want PBC to be doing? Right before this hit, we actually lost our six. So we were a little bit dead in the water. We, we mm. actually had a few people on the hook that were going to come in and, and audition. But I don't know what's going to happen now because, you know, people move on when things don't happen. I mean, nothing's happening. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're actually really completely starting over. We, we pretty much scrapped our whole set list and are truly starting over. We have a few songs arranged that Jimmy just did. We're doing... And way you move. Ooh, we're doing. Let me see what else. Uh, sing a song. Nice. Uh, Earth, wind, and fire. We're doing. You know. So Jimmy's got some stuff arranged for us. Ain't gonna hurt nobody. Kid and play. So you know. And these are mashed up with some other songs. These are just the. But um. So we're we're actually really starting over almost one hundred percent once we get our new person. And do you have? I mean, this is a silly question, maybe, but do you have a timeline for that? <laughs> As soon as Rachel. possible. <laughs> time is a social construct now. There's no yeah, time. this kind of thing to get along. Fair time is time. Time is meaningless. <laughs> I mean, this is we are on full pause. I mean, it's like yeah. somebody hit the, the life pause button. <laughs> Yeah. So as soon as we can, we are going to get back at it and get some, we need to get some folks. Come on, Sopranos and Tenors. We need you. We're a lot of fun. We're crazy. It's in the name. We <laughs> in don't the try best, to hide it. But in the best possible way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Rachel, it all kind of feels like, you know, when you're recording something and then you accidentally just like hit the mute button and then like several minutes later, you're like, oh crap, I hit the mute button and like you unmute it and like life starts again, like the music starts again. And that's what this feels like right <laughs> exactly. now. Exactly. Like someone <laughs> accidentally hit the mute button on all of our lives. Oh, that's so sad. Ah. Well, maybe then instead of looking at it that way, what about where you hope the pitches go? Sorry, I, I mean, or P- oh, PBC. Oh, we want to play or- Wembley Stadium. Don't be, don't be crazy. We want to play Wembley Stadium now. Come on. <laughs> well, I'm not joking, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, we just, we just want to get a good product together and just be able to to kind of continue what we're doing. We, we play a lot of festivals and, you know, the bar shows are fun, but they're tough. Yeah. <laughs> they because are. you have to have so much rep. Yeah. And, and they're, they're a lot of fun though. If, if anybody gets a chance to do them, I suggest you go do them because they really are a lot of fun. You meet a lot of great people. It's, it's just a good time. But, you know, to, to do the festivals and things like that, 45 to 90 minute sets is really our goal to be able to do shows like that and just, just to have a good time and entertain. That's awesome. Do you have advice uh, coming from a perspective of a non-acapella person, which I can relate to, uh, (laughs) do you have advice for people who are more, I don't know, drenched or ensconced in the scene as an, I'm doing air quotes, which no one can see as an outsider, (laughs) right? Because this is radio. Um, Air quotes, outsider. Like, do you, is there advice that you have? Oh, wow. I mean, for me, it's just a matter of just enjoy yourself. Just have fun. Because if you're having fun doing what you're doing, if you're smiling and and just enjoying it, the audience is going to enjoy it. That's the biggest thing that's going to translate. Just have a good time. Enjoy yourself. If you're not enjoying it, find something else. Because if you're not enjoying it, this should be bringing a lot of not only joy to your life, but you should be able to transfer that to other people. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, if you're out there, catch, find, if you can't see Pitches Be Crazy live, hopefully one day we'll all be back and life will be normal and we'll go to live shows again. But find some clips and watch because you'll understand now when I judge competitions, I am not hard on the groups, but I don't want to see this perfectly choreographed, dead faced performance. And you guys do the exact opposite of that. And I think there's a lot to be learned from the way that you guys interact and perform on stage. It's genuine. And I think that's what a lot of groups are missing. They get it all perfect. Like, my hand is supposed to be here at exactly 11.05. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and that's not the way you all do things. And it shows and it it is much more enjoyable for the audience. I think you guys definitely do an audience-centric show. And I think more acapella needs to do that if they want to break out of this, like, very sheltered, small circle. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, Amanda. That that was very well said. Just don't think of it as acapella. You are an entertainer. You're no different from any other entertainer. Your stage might be smaller. You know, your crowd might be smaller. It doesn't matter. We have performed for one person before. And... You know, when it, regardless, if it's one person or if it's 50 people or if it's 500 people, it should be the same show. Yeah, that's so well said. <laughs> if you're on the fence, if you've never done this before, if you think it's cool, get out there and do it. It's so much fun. I started this, let me see, I'm 56 now. So, you know, that just goes to show I'm a female, I'm 56, I have no experience. Dude, if I can do this and I'm harmonically challenged, if I can do this, anybody can do this. Just get out there, have fun, get a group of people together, your friends. Just get together and just have a good time. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Leslie, for joining us today from the comforts of all of our own homes. (laughs) This was Leslie, and I'm Amanda, and that's Rachel. And Rachel and I will be right back with another segment. Well, Rachel, that was a really lovely conversation with Leslie, and it made me think 
a lot about the why. Yeah. Could just be crazy. And Leslie and Z have a very distinct answer to why. And I think that's missing in a lot of groups. And I'd like to talk maybe a little bit about why we think that answer, the answer to the question why is important. Yeah. And I think you're right that, I mean, Could Just Be Crazy is a, ra- a really unique and different story than we hear frequently in acapella. And for me, as somebody who sits in the audience a lot at acapella performances, competitions and, and festivals and things like that, for me, I think the why sort of, it ends up looking to me like a confidence thing. When you know why you're doing what you're doing, your message is, to me at least, much more clear. It becomes obvious why you're performing a particular song, why you're performing a particular, why you've crafted a set a particular way, and then just how you actually emote on stage because you understand what your what your goal is and you're setting out to achieve it. Right. And, you know, as we are all locked up in our homes and away from our friends and away from our groups, I think you know, at least for me, it has been a period of reflection. Yeah. And thinking about what's actually important, what I actually enjoy doing, what I want out of life, like thinking about what I get to do when I leave my house. It's like, what's the first thing I want to do? Like, what do I want to get done when I can be with people again? And I think in tandem with that, it's a good time to think about like, why am I singing? Why am I with this group? And not in a bad way, but really look inside and say, what's the reason I I join this group? I stay with this group. What's the reason that I sing? Like, what do I get out of it? And what do I want my audience to get out of it? And I think more groups need to actually ask. Those questions are harder to answer than you think. And I think more singers and more groups need to ask themselves that question. I think that's true. I think for me, again, I mean, I'm just one person, so I can't necessarily speak for everybody. Uh, But whether I agree with the message or not is sort of inconsequential. When you have a message and it's very directed and focused and clear, it sells. It sells much better than a group that may not quite understand or know sort of what their intention or purpose is, or if it happens to be directed by one person and less a buy-in by the whole group. And so Mm -hmm. I think that having a clear mission is something that as somebody who would be leading a group would be something that you're trying to achieve is, is getting everybody on the same page and making sure that people understand where the boat is steering and how you want to get there. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been in a lot of different groups and I've had some groups that are a little bit more set on where we're going, what our purpose is, what we want to get out of it, what we want the audience to get out of it. And the first group for me that comes to mind is Snow Day. Snow Day's almost our entire mission is introducing acapella to children and using acapella and singing as a tool to build confidence in children. Yeah. And that gives our show a very strong purpose, a very strong message. You could walk in in the middle and understand what we're doing. And it shows and I feel different when I perform with that group than when I perform with other groups or kind of mishmash one off groups that we're not really sure, you know, we're there to sing a song, but we don't have an attachment to it. Yeah. I always wonder, I'm like, why am I nervous or why am I a little uncomfortable when I'm singing outside of Snow Day when with Snow Day, I am 100% on. I could be, I could have the flu. I could be asleep. I could have a broken leg and it doesn't matter. I could have no voice and I still manage to sing, to sing with Snow Day and sing 100% committed. And I think having an answer, a very strong answer to the why is what does it. Yeah. I I wonder, you know, is there some, for you, how how do you come up with your why? Like, how did that, like, I, so I guess to broaden this topic a bit more, I wonder, you know, talking about how do you come up with a why if you're struggling to come up with a why outside of we just, I just want to sing with 
people because it makes right. me happy. And, and, and you know what? Is that why good enough? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes it is. And if the answer to your why is you just want a social life and sing with people that you like, cool. That's your why. Yeah. And that helps shape all of your decisions. With Snow Day, we were formed with a very specific reason in mind, mostly to go out and educate and use acapella as an educational tool. So that why was set for us as we started the group. With my other active group, uh, Euphemism, we are a Cal group. So it's semi-professional, part-time professional. Most people in the group just like to sing. But what we have done to set the tone and also make sure everybody's um, expectations are at the same level, which is something that Leslie talked about, is we have meetings. We check in with each other constantly. And it used to be very formal, like every six months exactly, we will sit and meet. Now it's, you know, we're older, 14 years, we can, we know when we need that meeting. Yeah, yeah. And we talk about things like, okay, because sometimes that why is, is nebulous. Mm. So how we phrased it is, okay, everyone go around the room and tell us something that you really enjoyed about this year. Like, what are the things that we did that you liked? And then we do the same thing on the other side. What are things that we did that you either didn't like or hated or could just do without? Yeah. And when we do that, we see where we agree. We get a sense of relief when other people are like, oh, yeah, I didn't really like that gig. Yeah. I'd rather not do those gigs anymore. And it helped us come to an answer. And sometimes that answer changes. Yeah. You know, the answers that we would have given six years ago when we were all in our late 20s, early 30s is very different than the answer now we're giving like 10 years later, um, where we all have families and spouses and life is hard. And so it evolves, but we still have a why and it gives us a purpose and it gives us a purpose to show the audience. Like you said, as an audience member, you know when a group is fully committed and understands what they're doing and knows exactly what they want to give to you. Yeah. To bring it back, I think actually Petus Be Crazy do a phenomenal job of this. In in yes. my opinion, I've seen them perform, oh, half a dozen times and they really know what their why is. And it's just so clear because they're just doing it. You can see it, you can feel it. And it's really obvious. And as an audience member, like that's really like a lovely thing to see people doing something that they really feel super passionately about and and understand why it's important for them. Yeah. Well, thanks so much again to Leslie and for the inspiration that Pitches Be Crazy gives to us. And we'll be back next week with episode 36 and Brittany Russell. We'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.